Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host here. I am so glad that you've tuned in. Uh, I think today you're going to be particularly uh, encouraged, blessed. Uh, You're going to learn what I hope challenged. I hope as you listen in today that you'll walk away saying, hey, maybe we need to think about our ministry in a slightly different uh, light. Today we've got Pastor Shell Osborne from Life Church in Smyrna, Georgia. Shell's a great leader, good friend. Uh, Welcome to the show, Shell. Thanks, Rich. It's a real joy to join with you and uh, and all those who will be viewing the podcast as well. Oh, thank you so much. Why don't we start with kind of give us the the, the life church story. Give us kind of uh, if people were you know to arrive this weekend, what would they experience, and then what's your connection with the church? Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, life church has been in existence for uh, sixty three years, and I've had the privilege of serving as the lead pastor for thirteen of those years. Mm-hmm. So, an historical church, uh, we're part of the Assemblies of God, mm-hmm. and um, have just got a, a great—I guess you would say—kind of a name and presence in our community. A lot of uh, rich history here. Strong missions-minded church. And uh, when I arrived, uh, just was uh, thankful for the opportunity to serve in this capacity. I'd been here in Atlanta for about eight years prior to that, but really was unfamiliar with this side of town. We were over on the opposite side of town, and so I was kind of a blank. The church was kind of a blank slate once I started interviewing with the board and those types of things. But just knew from information and knew from just getting connected here it was a real healthy church. Great pastors uh, before me, only four out of those 50 years, so wow. I had long tenure pastors. And uh, Smyrna itself is a suburb, suburb of the Atlanta metro and um, has been continuing to see growth over the years. And, uh, you know, being here at this church was a real exciting time. And I, I arrived and uh, realized that um, it was a healthy church, mm-hmm. strong missions-minded church, but uh Realized that there were some things that we could do better, I think, to really reach our community. And that's kind of what started the journey. But if somebody was showing up on Sunday, today it would be a lot different than 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, in that, 13 years ago, we were pretty uh, almost exclusively Caucasian fellowship. Okay. Right. Uh, and really within about a year, not through anything that I did or we did, but God just began to transform our church to look like our city. And so... Uh, very quickly, we became multicultural, uh, became a lot younger. And again, those were things that, at least from a human involvement, were accidental. And I would say God orchestrated <laughs> them, but we didn't do anything necessarily. Really? But, what, did, what did God use, though? He must have used something to make, to, you know, to make that change. Was there just you know, certain relationships just kind of started to shift? Or what, what took place so, there? Yeah. In fact, the previous pastor asked me, I had him preach for me on a Sunday about a year after I'd gotten here, and he wanted to know, how did that happen in a year? Right. Because right. he pastored for five years, and his dad pastored before him for 31 years. Oh, wow. 
And, uh, so it was just a part of, I think, of the community changing right. over yep. time. Yep. And like a lot of suburbs had started out really as Caucasian areas, at least here in the South, mm -hmm. but it become very multicultural. And so yep. within about a year, we began to see this influx of folks. And so now, if you walked in, there's there's not a real close majority of anybody. We're probably 35 or so nations and countries in the church. Wow, that's and really cool. Just look like our city, look like Atlanta, and huh. I think in a small way, kind of look a little bit like heaven. <laughs> Very cool. Now, well, well part of what, sorry, casual. Yep, casual, yep. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Now, one of the things you said is, you know, obviously heavy kind of mission support, you know, and, uh, and I don't know whether that, would you say that's a traditional value of, you know, the Assemblies of God churches, you know, really kind of heavy into, you know, missions, particularly foreign, but then what was going on, you know, locally as it looked to reach out, you know, to Smyrna? Great question, Rich. Yeah, I would say uh, the Assemblies of God in our heritage, starting back in the early 1900s, really were founded with a strong emphasis on taking the gospel around the world. And so yep. that's continued yep. on. Uh, I think we're probably one of, not the, not the, but one of the, the leading fellowships of churches, as we would prefer to call ourselves, in supporting missions uh, nationally and internationally. And our church um, really took the heart of missions on with the, the pastor, two guys before me, as he mm -hmm. introduced the concept to our church. And so, by God's grace and, and, and to the congregation's credit, We've been for many, many years in about the top three to five percent of AG churches in the nation when it comes to supporting missions. It's just been a, a really ingrained in our DNA. Mm. But the part that I saw that oftentimes is the case with historical churches is that we were doing, I think, a pretty good job of holding hands, singing Kumbaya on our campus, <laughs> providing ministry. And we were doing an exceptional job of supporting missions all around the world. Now, right. we supported some locally. But, man, we were just missing our Jerusalem. Mm. And uh, that's what started this journey of what we now call community partnerships. And I just saw a great opportunity with right next door, right out my window, is a middle school. Mm -hmm. And so when I arrived, I, I asked the youth pastor that was serving here at the time, I said, what's our relationship with this middle school? And he said, mm, next door neighbors. Kind of oh, the wow. Huh. Now, he had only been for about a year at the time. And right. so I discovered he had been on campus through FCA and some things. Well, we got an invitation or an opportunity to meet with the principal and just reached out and started saying, hey, we're next door neighbors. We're in the same community. How can we serve you in the school? And hmm. Rich, he was taken back. He said, you know, nobody's really ever asked me that. Wow, that's and amazing. And what to see is that in this community, uh, now Smyrna itself is about 55,000 people. It's, mm -hmm. it's swallowed up in the Atlanta metro with millions. But this is a, a small community in an Atlanta metro where you can get to know key leaders, whether it be school officials or governmental officials, business leaders, those types of folks, and forge some really cool relationships. And what we've discovered is that by intentionally getting out of our building and into our community and building those relationships, we're able to, and we use the phrase, earn the right to be heard through serving. Mm. And so that's a phrase that we borrowed from Pastor Mike Lynch up at Northlake. Great guy. Uh, great. That's a great church. Great leader for sure. And um, just realize that, you know, that's the model that God wants us to use to, to really begin to impact our city more. And so that's where it started was with the middle school and then a Mexican restaurant that we dined in frequently uh, <laughs> to where now we've got, I think, 35, 36 community partners. Wow. With whom we, as we say, it hold hands through shared values. Uh, we host events. We volunteer in their organizations. We provide funding on occasion. That's uh -huh. not 
part of it. It's the relational part of it. Huh. What we've learned is it's just hard for folks to say no to genuine love and concern and an interest in what they're doing. And that's the key. And so, you know, much like foreign missionaries go to language school so they can learn yeah. how to communicate with people, this is our language school. It gets us out of our building, out of Christianese, into our community, finding out where is their heartbeat, what are their needs, and then can we do something about that? Can we help in some way? And because we're in the same community, man, there are so many overlaps between the local church and businesses or government or schools or homeschool networks or scouting groups that there's just such a wonderful opportunity that I think really is a, is a model that can be replicated anywhere in the world. In fact, when we were in Canada a couple of weeks ago, that's mm -hmm. part of that journey was we did pastors' roundtables with about 50 or 60 pastors mm -hmm. to teach on this. And uh, mm -hmm. I, think it, I think it can be used similarly anywhere. But, mm -hmm. you know, you don't start with 36. You start with one. Yeah, absolutely. If you have the ability to branch out, you go from there. Absolutely. Well, let's dig into that. Let's say, you know, I, I think this is one of those areas where I would hope that as church leaders are listening and they're saying, man, that's the kind of church I want to lead. I, I don't want to lead a church where we're like this walled fortress and it's like we don't have any connection with the community. I think a lot of people who, who tune in want to have those kind of relationships, but they don't know where to start. Where do you coach or recommend church leaders start? How do we even start those kind of dialogues? Great question. Uh, where we started, as I mentioned, the middle school was because we're literally our properties joined. <laughs> right. It's almost like going to your next door neighbor in your neighborhood or your townhome or your apartment complex and just shaking hands saying hello. Yep. And yep. so, um, you know, man, Rich, I think as we all read the scripture, what we really see is that everything's about relationship. You know, Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride and we've got a heavenly father. We're brothers and sisters. Everything about the church is relational. And so when we take that model and we intentionally don't call these community outreach programs or, or community right. evangelistic projects or whatever, it's community partnerships. Because partnership implies we're getting together Working and together we're doing this, yeah. Mutually for the benefit of the community. Mm -hmm. And so the question that you ask is, well, how do you kind of start that? Well, what I would encourage pastors to do is just look at the places where they frequent. For mm -hmm. example, the second community partnership that we developed was at our favorite Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah, let me hear everybody tell me about that. Yeah, man, that was so cool. We'd been here about six months, I guess, and Missy and I are dining in there one day, and I told her, I said, honey, I think God just spoke to me over my fajitas. Said, <laughs> Those are good fajitas. I'm telling you, man, I felt it. I said, you know, there are two things that I believe God just spoke about that he wants to see happen here. The first thing was, I said, I want to talk to the owner, whom we'd never met, and say, would you create like a day of the week or a night of the month or something where we can encourage our church folks to come dine, and maybe he'd give them, a, I don't know, free soft drink, 10% off, whatever. And she said, you think he'll do that? And, and Rich, I was in both wholesale and retail before being in the ministry, and I said, Absolutely. Yeah. Any business owner would love for somebody to be pushing people to their business. Yeah. I said, he'll yeah. do something. I said, but that's not what I really want. She said, what do you really want? I said, the next thing I really want is that we could become a significant influence in his business, serving he and his employees. Yeah. And so we set up a meeting with the owner the next Monday. I did, went in, met Max, and I, he said, hey, look, my wife's already told me about the idea. Let's not do one day or one night or whatever. Just tell the church folks when they dine here, tell us when they're paying their bill. He said, we'll put that receipt in a box. And he said, Pastor, if it's okay, I'd love to send the church 10% of everything that the church members spend here. Would that be okay? And wow. I, I said, Max, that would be great. That's kind of, yeah. And Now, Rich, I'll be honest, I didn't think about that. 
I wasn't any had that in my mind, and I didn't know if that'd be five dollars or fifty dollars. Right, right, right. But right, honestly, right, right. it became thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars huh. that he was sending to our church on an annual basis as a way of saying thank you. And that, that blew my mind, but I, that was never in my mind. It right. wasn't about that. I didn't know that was going to happen that day. So the next thing I said was this. I said, Max, I'm looking at your menu, and it looks like you have seven restaurants. He said, yeah, my family and I do. I said, well, Max, I'm sure you have an accountant for you know financial issues and stuff. He said, sure. And I said, I'm sure you have an attorney for legal issues. And he said, well, certainly. I said, well, Max, if you don't have this next thing, I'd love to provide this for you if you would like. He said, what's that? I said, if you don't have a pastor for your business, I'd love to make that available. Hmm. And Rich, he sat back in his booth and he looked at me kind of sideways and I thought, yeah. oh, this isn't going well. And then Max said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, Max, here's the way I think about it. You've got employees. They've got problems in their families. Their homes are falling apart. The kids are driving them crazy. Whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. If you don't have somebody that could help your employees with that, they're always bringing that to work, aren't they? He said, every day. And I said, it affects you as a business owner. He said, yeah. I said, Max, if you don't have that, I'd love to provide it. And he leaned back again. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, you would do that for me? I said, I'd love to, Max. And so he said, well, would you start holding a one-hour mass every Monday for me and my employees before we open up? And I'm like, dude, you call it what you want. We'll be there. And so we started doing a one-hour Bible study for Max and his employees. He told me that day, he said, I want my employees to know what I know. He said, I'm a believer. I just don't really know how to tell them. And Rich, I'll tell you, on the third Monday in his business, Max Angel received Jesus Christ as his Lord wow. and Savior. He made a commitment to follow Christ. What we learned is when he said, I'm a, follow, I'm a believer, was... I'm believing in this gospel, and I know that it's what's important to me. He said, but he personally took that step of faith. And listen, we've got now 13 years invested in there. Missy and I were dining in there yesterday. Sometimes we'll eat there three or four times a week. <laughs> anyway, because it connects the story. It's just about building relationships. Now, everybody may not want to use that model. You have an attorney, you have an accountant, but do you have a pastor? But there's some way mm -hmm. to connect with that restaurant, that school, that nursing home, that homeschool network. And so that's the way it started for us. And look, I'm not smart enough to have already plotted all this out. It was that's just the so way cool. that God began to unfold for us. And so it went from a middle school to a, a Mexican restaurant. And then now, uh, Rich, I'll just tell you, man, we are deeply embedded in our community. That and is with so cool. Organizations. I, I love that. I, I hope I did not know that's where that story was going. That is incredible. That I think a lot of times we think of the school thing, we, we think, okay, I can see how that could work. You know, there's, you know, they have some needs, but I love even your, I want to underline for people, you're saying, hey, how can I help you? You're, you're coming with, you know, a towel over your arm and you're saying, hey, what can we do to help you? And that's, that just has the fragrance of Christ to it. That has the kind of thing that, you know, draws people in. In, in our church, we had asked um, our campus pastors to do a similar kind of thing. We asked them to go, and I, I've, I've shared this story in other uh, podcast, but so I apologize if you heard it before. Uh, but you know, we, we said, Hey, try to get to kind of the highest elected official you can get to in your town. If you can get to the mayor, great. But if not that, like maybe school board, you know, chairman or something like that. And so in one of the towns, 
um, our, our campus pastor went and, and they all they were supposed to do is, was, was to go and say this, hey, we've got X number of volunteers, maybe 200 volunteers, and, and we want to volunteer an entire day doing something in, in your town. And we've got X number of dollars that we'll spend doing it. So it literally won't cost you anything. Um, how yeah. can we help? What are the needs, you know, for in your community? And one of the mayors, similar experience, we were experienced with Max, leaned back in his chair and said, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> I, I, and no one has ever said anything like that to me. Right. People are always coming to me asking for things. Uh, and I, and, and so he's like, I, I don't want to answer now because I want to think about it. And, and which was amazing. And then what happened about two weeks later, this mayor, um, and I won't use their name, but this mayor was, you know, known as a pretty, um, you know, a pretty forceful spirit, let's say, you know, pretty, not necessarily, I don't know where they're at with Jesus. Um, yeah. But two weeks later, we get a thousand dollar check from the mayor personally to the church and, and, and a note saying, I don't know what is going on with your church, yeah. uh, but I don't, I want to support it. I, I, I think what you're doing is, is amazing. Um, and that's begun a relationship that now, you know, we're five, six years in on that and have done all kinds of good in that community um, because, you know, working and, and like you say, leading with how can I help you? How can I serve you? Um, you know, for sure. Now, have you what would you say? Let's talk about the other side of this. I'm sure some of these, the, the, you know, there's been ones that have gone well. I'm sure there's something that maybe hasn't gone well. Have you learned through that process or like, hey, maybe, you know, here's, a, you know, a few bumps and scrapes along the way, uh, some potholes that people could avoid um, as they think about community partnerships? You know, I tell you, you would expect the answer to that to be yes, but I just got to tell you, man, these have gone so amazingly well. There have been very few wrinkles that have come along. Yep. Um, and what we're discovering is when you lead with that, basically the question comes down, however you phrase it is, how can we serve you and your organization? As you experience, as your campus pastors did, yep. people are accustomed to the church asking that question. Right. What they're accustomed to is the church saying to the grocery store down the road, hey, we're having an event. Can you give us free hot dogs or, yeah. or you give us something? When you turn that around yeah. and say, how yeah. can we give to you? How can we serve you? Sometimes people don't know how to respond. Right. So as we've done that, we haven't had any scenario that I can even remember right. to where one of our partners has asked something from us that was unreasonable. In fact, what started out with my wife, Missy, and I being the liaison with these organizations as we had just a few of them, once they really began to take off, I had to assign to all of the pastoral and administrative staff mm -hmm. to them to become liaisons with organizations. And what I told them is this, when one of our organizations, one of our community partners says, can you, the answer is always yes. Right. right. I wow. said, it may be yes, we want to do something, we can't do all of that. We may be right. like Peter and John on the way to the temple, Acts yes. 3. We're broke. We ain't got no money. But what we can do is this. Yes. We may not be able to meet the entire need, but if they decide to cross that bridge between the church and the community on their terms, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when they take that step and ask, can you, we're going to say yes. Hmm. And we're going to say, we'll either do it personally or we'll find another partner if we can't pull that off ourselves. And so what we find relationally, Rich, is that we don't have those big potholes or those big, man, this just didn't work out thing because it's based on relationships. Mm -hmm. And as we're going through it, some of those partners have now turned around and when they find out things we're doing, like a big free fall festival or big fire, what we do is a fire truck egg drop every year. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I'm the chaplain with the fire department and I'm nice. the chaplain with the police department. 
Uh, and so we've got all these great relationships, you know, in that regard. But when they, our partners find out we're doing things, they'll come to us and say, how can we support that? Can we volunteer? Can we donate money? That reciprocal side, that honestly, Rich, I never thought about when we started this. Right. So when Max started blessing our church, when one of our partners and I were at lunch a few years ago and he said, look, what can we do for you, Pastor? I said, just allowing us to serve you and your organization. He said, oh, no, 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 that's yeah. not a problem. <laughs> You're not getting off that easy. <laughs> yeah. He said, look, I'll make it easy for you. You've got your fall festival coming up. You've invited me and my 180 or whatever employees and families to come. It's free, right? Yeah. Everything's free. Pony rides, video game truck, games, prizes, food. Everything's free, right? Yes, it's free. He said, that costs you, doesn't it? And I said, well, certainly. He said, you mind me asking how much? I said, no, sir, I don't mind telling you. And I told him. And he said, okay, I'm going to write you a check for that. I want to pay for your fall festival. Wow. I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah. He said, Pastor, now that's what we call a partnership. Yeah. He said, you can't just keep doing for us and not allow us to do something back. And Rich, I was humbled by that. And yeah. I, I don't have permission yeah. to use his name no. or the organization. Yeah, yeah. But what we've learned is that what the Scripture says is true. When you give, it will be given back. Yeah. Now, it doesn't come back in money. It comes back in relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't have time in this podcast for me to start telling you all of the lives that have been changed mm-hmm. Not necessarily in this building, though many of them have been changed in this building. But Rich, it's to the point now, we pastor more people in this community than we could ever force into this church. Right, right. And Jesus never said, build a building and wait for them. He said, take it to them. Right. And this gives us a chance to take it to them. Now, Mm -hmm. on day one, it's not about Bible studies and and discipleship and preaching and praying. It's about what need do you have that Mm -hmm. we can. Mm -hmm. So when we started opening up our building to our community, I'll tell you now. Our community uses our building now more than we do as a church. Hmm. You know, most churches sit empty other right. than in Wednesday or whatever your worship mm-hmm. is. The office is open during the week. But, man, I drive on this campus, and sometimes there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here and <laughs> all over the place. Tuesday is a madhouse. It starts early morning with homeschool networks. It goes all through the evening with Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. And there are just hundreds of kids and families on our campus, in particular on Tuesday. We've just built a playground mm-hmm. up stairs on the upper level, not just for our kids at the church, but so that our community partners can use it. Yeah, that's so great. It's constantly. And you know what? i got to say this quickly if I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When we went into this model of saying to our partners, hey, if you need to use our building, we'd love to make it available, I knew we would have costs like utilities and housekeeping type stuff, maintenance type stuff that would would be expenditures that we, we couldn't necessarily anticipate. But I'll tell you this. When we had our what we call our annual church celebration in February after the first year that we started mm-hmm. our community as our building, I was able to rejoice with our church family, and they went nuts over this, that that year that our building was used almost every day of the week compared to the year before when we used it as a church only, mm-hmm. we actually spent $800 less in utilities that year than we did the year before. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's amazing. Wow. It was it was like when the children of Israel's clothes didn't wear out and stuff like that. Yeah. But honestly, now as a caveat, we had to replace some air conditioning units during that year. They probably ran more efficiently. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a part of it. But here's what I believe God kind of whispered to me, Rich. He said, "Shell, if you'll take care of my community, yeah. Yeah. I'll take care of your budget. I'll take care of your church." It was I, amazing. I, I totally agree. I I think there's something about being open-handed about taking what we have and not holding it tightly. I think 
God wants to, and, and listen, I don't, don't get me wrong. And I, I know what you're not saying, Shell, you're not in like, it's not like a health and wealth kind of thing. Like, Hey, give, and then God will, you know, pour back to you. That's not what I'm saying. I know that's not what you're saying, but, th- but there is something to the principle that when God sees that you're being a good steward, you're using his resources to make a difference in the community. He's going to bless that. He wants, he's going to give you more. Uh, to bless more. That, that just makes sense in his economy. That just is, you know, that just is how it works out. It's just hard. You know, yeah. the cool thing is that when I drive on this campus, used to, if I saw a few extra cars, I would know I would know what was going on. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Somebody else has to manage that whole calendar for us, and and uh, I'll say, look, who's all here today? Well, we've got this homeschool network, and we've got the fire department using this part of the building, and we've got the psychological services provider that's having a staff meeting over here, and all this kind of stuff's going on. And man, I don't think about utilities and toilet paper costs. What I think about is how many people are being exposed to the fact that we're here, number one, and that we care, number two. Mm -hmm. Because Rich, you know this, in America, the average unchurched person cannot name the name of one church within a five-mile radius of their home. I don't think it's because they all hate God and they all go into hell. We're not on their radar screen. So what these partnerships do is they significantly elevate the visibility of the local church in the community and then people now know you're there, and they now know you care, and at some point, they might actually start walking in your building. That's but even if they don't, you're still walking in their building, or you're still going to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of the gospel, is to go. Not mm-hmm. wait, but to go. Mm-hmm. And so over time, this is not, let's fill empty pews next, or the chairs next Sunday morning model. Mm-hmm. This is a let's build relationships, and over time, let's see people's lives transform. Mm-hmm. Let's see marriages restored. We do weddings, we do counseling, we do funerals for folks that may never walk through the doors of this church. Right. But you know what? That's why I can say we pastor more people in our community than we could put in this building. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's part of the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And I think this can happen anywhere in the world mm-hmm. to the degree that a local church can do it. Because it's not based on budgets, it's not based on staffing, it's just based on let's set aside some time to get out of our building and into our community. Let's find one organization with whom we can connect. And let's just see what God does with it from there. Now, I know, I think you, you've kind of are making yourself available to help churches. You've structured a bit of that. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I've got some resources that I'd be happy to share with your listeners or to, mm-hmm. with anyone for that matter that would just be kind of a jump start on this concept and a little bit of the history of what we've done. Um, I'll give them some links to our website where they could see a list of our community partners and that might trigger in their mind, oh, I never thought about, you know, the city government. I never thought about schools. I never thought about business or whatever. Um, And those things I'd love to share just constantly with people and do that often. Here locally in the Atlanta metro, I'll meet with pastors over lunch or coffee and just kind of share this concept and oftentimes, that's all somebody needs is just a jump start to say, man, we can do that. I can share some of our stories, that type of stuff, over a phone, Skype session, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there, there have been occasions where I think it's been helpful uh, for me to get more intricately involved in helping to train either the pastor, staff, elders, whatever their structure is. And even frame conversations with potential partners. Mm-hmm. And that would be a coaching consulting opportunity mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I can do. Uh, but that's not what this is about, man. Yeah, right. I mean, I want to just freely share stuff with folks mm-hmm. and uh, give them ideas and concepts and just let them run with it. Mm-hmm. But for those who might want more involved time, you know, then we could talk about that. Yeah, but totally. That's not, the, that's not the forefront of this, man. The forefront right. is just, hey, this is something God's allowed us to do. 
maybe he would lead you to do something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, call it what you want. Find somebody in your community, but uh, I think it. I think it can replicate. Do you have like a, a resource or something we could put in the show show notes to you know people could download or just something like that? We could you know that kind of outlines some of this. What would be the best way to do that? Would that be possible? Yeah, I could do that. In fact, I've got just this is a coaching and consulting brochure. I've got oh, one nice. just this is just general information, but Perfect. it's in this format. I'll send it to you uh, as a PDF and uh, let you add both of those there and. Uh, I'll send you a link. There's a, an article that appeared in one of the AG publications a couple of years ago that uh, also interviewed some of our community partners, and they shared some of their stories about how this has impacted their lives, their organizations. Uh, you'll read a story about a guy named Warren who was an assistant manager at a local barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. By the way, this restaurant, we do a fifth Sunday morning service for the employees. We do an Easter Sunday morning service for the employees who can't go to church because you know sometimes when we go in on Sunday – Man, we're ready to eat, and we're thinking, man, they ought to be in church. Well, if they were in church, they couldn't be waiting on your table. Uh, right, true. <laughs> so take church to them. Yeah. And so this barbecue restaurant, Warren was working there, and uh, unfortunately, Warren had a real struggle with alcohol. He wound up getting fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that connection with that restaurant, Warren and I met along with his mom. He's a single guy. And Warren made the decision to get involved in a ministry that we support called Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, they help men and women overcome life-controlling addictions. And Warren went and spent 12 months uh, at a Teen Challenge Center in Louisiana mm-hmm. and has come back and is completely free of alcohol. Uh, the restaurant has hired him back again. And he's a model of transformation. Wow. That Rich, I just don't, I don't know if that ever would have happened had we not gotten out of our building and into our community. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of dozens and dozens that's of amazing. stories, man, that I could share with pastors. That just so it's not just a concept. This is real life transformation that we see taking place, man, on a daily basis. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's uh, that's helping you in your ministry? Well, I tell you, I love Unseminary. Now, I know. I uh, don't say that. That's not. I got to send you twenty bucks now. Now that's you've just cost me my money. <laughs> Is it down to twenty? <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, there are so many great things that are out there from uh, Tom Rainer stuff, uh, Unseminary. Again, I love the stuff. I've used a lot of your stuff in our staff and leadership development. Um, and then we've done some other stuff, man. There's a lot of things through uh, through the assemblies that we've used, you know, by being in there in the fellowship with them. But I'd say leadership now, Tom Rayner and uh, Unseminary certainly are three of the key ones that we're using. Nice. What's a book you've read in the last, oh, maybe six months to a year that's shaping your thinking or ministry? I'll tell you, uh, Natural Church Development uh, is a good one that um, has helped us to think strategically about how we do church and the way we do it. Another one that, you know, uh, a lot of is very popular, but it has been very impactful. And, and I had just virtually everybody on our leadership team from paid staff to board members to key lay leaders read through and write a report on Simple Church. Right. Uh, it's a great resource. And then, man, I'll tell you, another one that's been really impactful uh, for us as we've gone through, uh, not only as a country, on where we are now with same-sex marriage, but our ministry outside the church and in the community is a book entitled The Gospel and Sexual Orientation mm. that uh, has helped us theologically and practically better understand how we can minister to folks, uh, not only in the church, but outside the church, who are dealing with same-sex attraction. So those are probably three uh, significant books that I've read of late that are really impactful. Cool. Yeah, very good. Uh, what's a ministry, another ministry that inspires you and you kind of look at them and are inspired by what they're doing? 
<laughs> well, you know, I mentioned North Star Church, Pastor Mike Lynch up in, in Kennesaw. They're certainly one. We, mm-hmm. we went to a conference that they had a few years ago, and it was on this concept. I, I don't think they call them community partners, but, man, mm-hmm. it threw gasoline on our fire. And, and I picked Mike's brain at times, and we trade some things. Uh, North Star Church is a great one. And um, one just here in the local level. But, man, I've got so many other friends and pastors here in the Atlanta metro. You know, this is like the, the buckle of the Bible belt. Yeah, it's true. Atlanta. It feels and, like, uh, yeah, Atlanta has the corner on all the good Christians, so <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> I think there are more heathens than ever, so this is going to be a good year for the church. A lot of our- <laughs> but North Star would certainly be one yeah, of those churches. that's church. great. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that with and why? And I tell you, um, sharing my faith has been just so important to me, you know, personal evangelism. Um, I think one of the guys who has has been at the forefront of that uh, in leading people into faith of Christ is Dr. Billy Graham. I'd love to sit down with him and pick his brain a little bit and mm-hmm. just talk about his journey uh, through both personal as well as, man, just worldwide evangelism, where he's been at the forefront of seeing those decisions. Reinhard Monkey would be another. Those are guys that, man, they just have a passion for seeing people place their faith in Christ, take that step across the line, and uh, I'd love that opportunity. Nice. Well, I'm sure leading at the church takes a lot out of you. Having, you know, these 36 different partners and, you know, trying to balance all that's a lot. What do you do just to kind of kick back, have fun, uh, you know, relax a little bit? Oh, man, I appreciate it. We've got um, uh, a son and a daughter. Our son is married, and uh, he and his wife and uh, two sons live locally. They're both involved in the ministry here with us. And so we're close enough geographically where we connect with them frequently. Uh, Our daughter lives just outside the Atlanta metro and um, love her, love our family. Uh, My mom now lives here. So we do a lot of family stuff, but some of the fun things that we enjoy doing – Man, we are Disney World folks. We uh, oh, nice. we like to go to Disney World, but on a local level, we we've got a little pop up camper that we bought a year or two ago. We love to go camping, and Atlanta's just got so many great, both private and well estate parks. But we love to go camping, uh, jogging. Uh, I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, but I do enjoy it occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. Well, Shell, I really appreciate being on the show. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that? Yeah, they could. Uh, Contact me directly with my email, which is pastor at lifechurchsmyrna.com. Visit our website, lifechurchsmyrna.com, and just kick around and see some of the things that are going on. Uh, we have a toll-free number at the church. That's 1-866-377-7591. Could feel free to call here and um, be happy to, to connect with them and, and share with them um, uh, any resource that we have, any thought that we have uh, that would be helpful to them. Nice. Th- thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. I hope, like I say, I hope today's interview was challenging and motivating for leaders who are listening in. I love it, man. Appreciate you and uh, your heart for the church and helping to raise up leaders. Rich. Appreciate it, man. It's been a joy to join with you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.